Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on social media, on Instagram, at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button. And you can also find me on YouTube by searching Sports Card Lessons. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. What is up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Here to do a Mohegan Sun recap today. We're going to talk about some deals I made and uh, just some things I've learned, uh, you know, over these last six, eight, six to eight months uh, that I'm going to share with you about the shows. Uh, but we're going to start off today. Um, I talk about the show. It's a two-day show. Um, and I never feel it at the show, but I always feel like I'm jet lagged afterwards. And, and I really thought about this this weekend, driving home on Sunday, just thinking to myself, why am I so tired? Um, I, I'm not doing a lot of strenuous work, right? And, and really what I think I'm, I'm going to blame it on is just the pure excitement, you know, the buildup, you know, the buildup to the show, the preparing to the show, mentally getting ready to the sh for the show, um, you know, just talking with all kinds of people, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of calculations you do in your head when you're taught, when your people are coming to you with deals and you're looking at cards and they want to trade. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of thought process going into it. And, and, and I really think it's like, it's like, you know, you go on a vacation or a long weekend, you get so excited to go. And then when you're coming home Sunday, you're just you're wiped out. And I think it's just so much adrenaline and so much pure excitement. Uh, and and that's what wipes you out, because I, I you know, I, I can stay home and work in my yard all weekend that I don't feel wiped out on Sunday. But I go to these two day shows and I come driving home on Sunday. I feel like, oh, my God, I could sleep all day tomorrow. So I'm 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 putting it out to the pure excitement of these shows. Just just just, you know, the build up and getting ready to go. Um, and, and, you know, I, what's really fun is like running into the same people now, you know, there's there, the same people at the shows. Uh, a lot of these guys have become friends with, uh, you look forward to seeing them and I'm meeting new people every single show. I meet, uh, you know, more people. And this, this show was really kind of cool. Cause this was the first show I had a number of listeners stopping by and saying hello. Uh, and, and. You know, it, it just feels great, you know, as a content creator, putting putting out the content, it, it's, you know, it, it's it's like my it's like my my grade, my report card. Right. When people come by and say, hey, I love the content. I love the show. Uh, somebody said I was just listening to it on the way here. Uh, so. So, yeah, it just it really makes me feel good that I'm putting content out there that people are really excited about. Um, I had. uh uh, uh, Shane from Sports Card Nobody. Um, he he is also a con content creator. He stopped by. Really nice guy. First time I met him, we just 
you know, we were talking about doing the pod and, and, and the, uh, you know, he was picking our brains, picking my brain. I, you know, I, I'm set up next to Rob, sports card therapist. So he came by, saw both of us and just talking to us about, you know, the pod, what we think works, what doesn't work, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of equipment we use and things like that. So that was just kind of cool too. It was something other than cards and it was just a really great conversation. So that, that was kind of fun too. Um, so today, uh, I executed what I'm calling the perfect trade. And, uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, like I said, I was set up uh, Saturday with my guy, Rob from sports card therapist, uh, on my left. And then he didn't come back Sunday. Uh, but Alan from JA sports, who was there Saturday on the other side of the room, moved his table over to my left, uh, on Sunday. Um, so we were, we were set up together on Sunday. Um, and on my right was, uh, Joe D Donato. Uh, he's on Instagram from premier sports. RI. Uh, first time I met him, uh, him and his crew, really awesome. They had three tables set up to my right. Um, he was just an awesome show partner. Uh, I had a great time hanging out with him. Uh, you know, we talked, we laughed. Uh, we were kind of where, where he was doing most of his business was the, the table, which was right next to mine. So we were, we were like there within a couple of feet of each other. So, you know, we're listening to, I'm listening to his deals. He's listening to mine. And, and he said, wow, he goes, I, I never thought of putting it that way. And I, you know, me listening to him, I picked up a few things from him. So we were both really kind of learning from each other. And we were talking about it on Sunday. It was just kind of cool that, you know, you just see the way other people do business. You know, I talked about having some aha moments, uh, with Nick from the Slab Exchange back uh, in New Jersey, a few, you know, months ago. I think that was back in February. But I think when you set up next to new people all the time, you know, you you can learn. I mean, if you're like me, I'm always observing. I'm seeing what works, what what's working for people, who's having success, and why is it working for them. And uh, really, I mean, I love my show, my 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 friends that I'm setting up with. But I but I always like being set up with somebody new uh, on my other side, just so, you know, I can learn new things. If there's things to be learned, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, I'm going to call this show, uh, the Mohegan was the ECCA East coast card and autograph. Um, sky signings, uh, put it on. Uh, he's really attentive. Um, he, he was a great guy. And, and like most, you know, when I do these shows, uh, the promoters that put these shows on, um, him, uh, and Laz, and we did, uh, Probstein. Um, I, I really like when I see the person putting the show on when they're there, when they're available, if you have a question and they're coming around, uh, um, you know, asking, how's it going? What's going on? What's working? What's not working? How do you like to show? Would you have done something different? What would you like to see different next time? That's what I like from, from, from these guys that are putting it on because they're really out there just trying to feel out what's working, what's not working and how to make it better. So I wasn't at the first show, uh, back in February. Um, but I think, uh, a lot of the people that I talked to that were showing up, um, said, look, there, there were, there were peak times in the show and there were some really down times in the show back in February and they were kind of expecting it, you know, this time. Um, and I'm calling the show slow, slow, but steady. 
and it was a slow stream of people, but it seemed people continued to come all day till closing time. Uh, there were times where I could get up and walk around and look for, keep, keep an eye on my table uh, just to make sure nobody was there. And if there, if somebody did show up, I could go back to it. So it certainly wasn't like some of the other shows I'm used to where you can't walk away from your table. Like if you walk away, you'll, if you really need to go to the bathroom or something you do, but you're not just walking away from your table, going and looking at other people's tables and cards, like that stuff is done, at, you know, before the show starts and after the show and during the show, it's just a constant stream of people. So this one, this one really did not have that constant stream, but people continued to come. Um, I think I had as many vendors as I did attendees at my table. Uh, and you can tell the vendors, they were all wearing the lanyards. We all got them when we showed up. And, and, and I noticed a few guys that I know had tables and I could see the lanyards kind of hanging out of their pocket that they kind of stuffed it in their pocket. And, and, and I get it. I get it. You know, when, if you're coming up and you're trying to make a good deal, like if I see somebody's a vendor and they're coming up and they're trying to get something from me under comps. I mean, I know that's just because they want to buy it and put it in there and make some money on it. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not in that much of a hurry to sell to sell a car, at, at, you know, under comps to a vendor as I would be as a participant. And I know maybe you're, you're probably saying to yourself, what's the difference? You're selling the card. But, you know, if there's a profit to be made on the card in this room in this room that I'm in, then I want to make that profit. I don't want to let somebody else try to make that profit uh, because whoever's coming through is going to see that card in my case, as well as see it in somebody else's case. Um, and, and my case was pretty popular this weekend. You know, we've talked about all these pickups I've been picking up and, and I've gotten to the point, I've gotten to that point where, where everybody stops. And even the people that want to walk by and they get all the way by and all of a sudden I see their neck turn, they rubber neck back and they stop and they come back. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted. This, this is, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I want everybody to see something in my case that they need to stop and look at whether they buy it or not, they needed to stop and look at it. And that's how I know that I'm putting the right things in my case. That's how, that's how I know that I'm doing the right things in the hobby because when you go to these shows and there's nothing worse than people just walking by your table, you know, just kind of walk, they peek in and they keep going and you're like, Oh, and then you see somebody like right next to you or two tables over where they rubbernecked and they stopped. And then they started, you know, looking at a card and asking questions. So, so I've gotten that now I've gotten to the point where when I see somebody coming and I see them passing the table, I said, no, nope, they're going to stop. I know they're going to stop. And, and not every single person stopped, but I'm telling you now, 95% of the people who, who came by, I had enough heat in my case that they stopped and said, oh, that's a nice card or how much for this or how much for that. Um, so yeah, that to me, that, that knows that, that I'm growing in this hobby and, and I, I'm doing the right thing. Um, I want to point out one thing, um, at the show and, and please, if you want to give me feedback, uh, this week, if you have, if you have, if you have, um, a thought one way or another on this, please let me know. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to throw somebody else's business under the bus, but I see these small, um, these, these upstart, the, I'm going to say upstart, these small grading companies, right? They, at these shows, uh, and people can bring their cards in for $10, 
right? They go through and they say, you know, it's not P, uh, you know, PSA or BGS, anything like that. It's just, just small companies. And they say, they said, look, uh, they'll examine the car. They do what they do, whether whatever they're doing in the back, they're in a little tent in the back and they look at the car and they send it back out and it's in a sealed packet and there's a sticker on it saying, you know, it's a grade, you know, nine or nine, five or a 10 or an eight or whatever it is. Um, and, and I understand this works for people who say, Hey, I've got this card and really like, I don't know if I should send it in to a PSA or BGS. So maybe I'll give it to them and I'll have them look at it. And I'm sure they have enough equipment to be pretty, pretty close, you know, uh, uh, uh you know, no, there's no guarantee. And I, I know there's no guarantee. But my problem is I have people that come to my table with this card with a sticker on it, and now they want to sell the card and they want PSA 10 prices or PSA 9 prices. And I said, but it's not a PSA. Well, the grading company says it's, a, well, that's fine with the group, but it's still virtually, it's still a raw card. I mean, it's still a raw card. It is not encased. You know, it's not label, it's not stamped, it's not PSA, it's not BGS, it, it, it's not even HGA or a, any of those companies. It's just, this is what they, this is what they feel. I mean, this is their opinion on the card that they, they feel that it's going to get. And, and when the people pay the $10 and then they come to the table and they said they want this price on the card, I can't give you that price. I can't give you that price because if I took that card if I wanted to get PSA price for it, I have to send it to PSA and have it graded and come back. And it's, it's time, it's money. It's so, so I'm not sure how to feel about these companies. It, 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 if in my mind, I almost think that some of the people that are using them are, are, are leaving there with their card with, with a, with a grade on it with kind of wrong information that it's just, Somebody has looked at it and said, yeah, it could be, it could be a nine or it could be a 10 if you send it to any of these companies. And look, if you sent that card to PSA and you sent that same card to uh, BGS, it may come back a, a different grade, right? I mean, there's no guarantee that they're going to come back the same grade. How many times have you heard somebody said, oh, I'm going to crack this and send it to PSA? it could come back a lower grade. You, you have no idea what that, it's just because it's a, just because it's a BGS nine doesn't mean it's going to come back a PSA nine or an HGA nine. Is it going to come back a BGS nine or a PSA? There, there is no guarantee in that. So, so, and I know $10 is not a lot of money, but um, let me know. I mean, just send me some feedback. Let me know what you think and, and what you think the, uh, what, what lane, what their lane is in the hobby. I, I'd really like to hear other people's thoughts. Uh, you know, you have my thought. Let, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I didn't go to trade night uh, for a couple reasons. Um, and that's because I felt all the dealers, all the dealers were at my table that day. Um both, well, we'll start with Saturday. I felt all the dealers were at my table on Saturday. Um, there was, I, you know, like I said, just as many dealers as, as vendors coming around. And I talked with a lot of them and, and, you know, they, they, you know, shot me prices on things. Um, we just didn't come up with a deal on it. Um, so I, two reasons I didn't go. One is because I felt my cards had already been seen. 
and I was going to be there the next day. And if they were really interested, they could, they knew where to find me the next day. Uh, number one, uh, and number two, and I know more than just dealers go to trade night, but a lot of the guys that were staying over that night, were going to be at trade night. Uh, and number two, I had friend, I knew friends were going to be, uh, at Mohegan that night, um, that had reached out to me, uh, earlier in the week. So, uh, I had made, made arrangements just to, uh, meet up with them in the evening, uh, and, and spent a little time with them, people I hadn't seen in a while. I, you know, before the pandemic, I used to, uh, go to Mohegan, you know, once or twice a month. And I had, I had friends up there, uh, that still go now that the pandemic is over who, 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 who are still going. And, uh, I still keep in touch with, I talk with weekly and monthly, um, either talk or text. And, and I knew, uh, there were some things happening that day. It was a triple point day. So a lot of people were there. Uh, so it was kind of like old home week for me to go, uh, you know, meet up with a bunch of the old, the old crew and hang out a little. So those were the two reasons why, why, you know, why I didn't make it to trade night. You know, I did talk to people the next day. They said trade night was great. It was set up well. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't get there, uh, that night. Um, the show itself, um, I think football's football's coming, definitely coming back now. Football is definitely coming back. Um, I had, you know, a ton of football in my case. Um, and everybody was looking for football and they're, but they're looking for football at the right price. Uh, and I understand that. Um, and it's, uh, you know, right now the prices are high and everybody's saying the same thing. I'm over comps. You know, I was saying the same thing on some of the cards and some of the cards I was right at comps. Um, the, the, some of the higher end cards that I have that I, you know, got under comps. Um, it was okay for me to be right at comps and I, I could turn a decent profit and hopefully leave a little meat on the bone if somebody else wanted to try to move that card down the road. Um, but, you know, and I'll talk about the deals I made a little later, but I was at comps for some of my cards, uh, which people were happy about. And I was over comps on others. And um, and and most people were most people were, um, you know, basketball is still very abundant, uh, even though they're like they're in the playoffs and they're in, like, in the in the in the finals right now. Um, but it's still very abundant. The cards are very abundant. And I and I find find that to be all year long. Um you know, there was baseball out there, uh, but I think um, I think football now, this is the time where it's going to start coming out. And this is this, you know, this is my first time around, you know, here. So so um, I'm figuring out I, I, and I'm going to tell you why I was at the show this weekend. I, and I said I said to Alan, who was next to me, I said, uh, I said, I'm about to coin this phrase and you're going to hear it this week on the podcast. And, and I'm calling it know the show. Uh, know the show as a vendor, I'm beginning to know the shows. Um, as I do more of the same shows, I'm starting to identify what, what will sell, what's selling at different shows. You know, just to, for instance, I go to a New Jersey show, uh, and, and a last show and they've got, you know, a lot of wrestler autograph, you know, wrestlers auto, you know, doing autographs down there. Um, I bring my wrestling cards. I'm selling a ton of wrestling cards and I'm excited. And I'm like, wow, wrestling really sells. And then I bring wrestling to all these other shows and I don't sell one card. People come by and say, wow, that's great. You have wrestling. And they look at that. They go, wow, those cards are nice. And they keep moving. Nobody ever buys. Nobody, buy, nobody, I'm not saying ever. Nobody hasn't, hasn't bought any wrestling like I was selling 
you know, at a last show and you, you were the draw were all the wrestlers and people coming in to get the autographs. I mean, this, this is their lane. So this is what, this is what they're buying. Um, so now that I'm, I'm starting to do shows, you know, the same shows over again, I'm starting to learn, you know, kind of what's going to sell. So I'm remembering what sold last time. And, and I'm talking to other vendors, just trying to pick their brains. So I wasn't, I wasn't at this show. Uh, in February, like I mentioned earlier, but the vendors that were there said, yeah, it was, it was kind of the same thing. It was, it, it was just slow and steady there, 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 there were, there were, you know, a few peaks, uh, on both days. Um, most people made sales, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a show that anybody, I don't think anybody really got rich at or really, you know, sold a ton of stuff. I know I was walking around Sunday and, and, you know, the look on people's faces when I say, hey, how's it going? How's the show going? They're like, well, you know, it could be better. You know, it's, it's a lot of what it was last time. And 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 whether whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think people are at these shows are used to making a lot of sales. I know I am. I know on the earlier shows I were do, I was doing, you know, at the beginning of the year, January, February, March, I was making a ton of sales. And I think as it goes on, I see it slowing down a little bit. Uh, um, and we talked about what's in my case. So I have some, I have a lot of higher end cards in my case now. So I'm able to sell one or two cards. I'm good for the weekend. You know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, the Nick from slab exchange. When we talked about, you know, last February, I mean, it's that if you, you get sell one or two cards and, and, and pay for your whole weekend, then everything else you sell over that is just gravy, right? It's, it's, it's all extra. So, um, I, I, and I'm going to talk about what I, I sold just a little bit. Um, uh, but, but I found that, um, if you want to have sales at some of these shows, um, you need to have, you know, you need to have, have, you know, a good mix of priced stuff. Uh, you need some lower, some mid and some upper end. Um, and, and that's the way I felt about this Mohegan show. So moving forward, I'm going to know this show. Um, I'm going to know when they, they do this again in November um, that just have a good mix, lower, mid, and upper. Uh, and, and my upper is, is you know, maybe up to $1,500 or $2,000. I mean, that's right now, that's my lane. That's my upper. Who knows, by November, my upper, that level, um, that bar may, may you know, rise up a lot more. But right now, that's that's where my upper level is. So um, I'll know from this show, moving forward to the next show, just to have, you know, um, a decent variety of the, you know, and, and when I'm saying lower, I'm saying I'm saying the two to three hundred dollar cards uh, mid. Uh, I'm talking over five and upper. Now maybe over a thousand fifteen hundred. Now for somebody else, they're low maybe two thousand, they're mid maybe five, and they're upper maybe over ten k, and 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 that's fine. But that's not the lane I'm in. That's that's not the lane I'm working with right now. I mean, I, I would love to have those kind of cards in my case, but that's not the lane I'm in right now. And maybe maybe next year when I say hey. When we go back to episode 14 and I'm talking about my upper being, you know, a couple thousand dollar card in my case. And I think and I'll just say the highest priced card in my case was three thousand dollars this weekend. Um, so so that that would be my upper. So we'll see, you know, 
down the road where my upper where, where that 3000 goes to where, where that bar rises up to um the nine things nine things i've learned so far and i'm just going to go through this and and i thought about i was thinking about this driving home uh from the mohegan show um you know i just hopped in the car i left the radio off just kind of decompress and i think about the show and think about the hobby and and think about you know, creating this content and doing the pod. Um, I just came up with, with nine things that I've learned so far in my short amount of time at these shows. Uh, one football, uh, is at its highest. The prices are at highest at its highest before the season starts and it starts dropping after week two, definitely after week three and only certain players really pop come the playoffs their their prices will rise during the playoffs anyone's making a any rookie or a second year or a young qb making a run at the playoffs like burrow did last time though those cards will rise in price um everybody else won't uh so last year when i was kind of jumping into this i made the mistake that i was buying in september and october and then i realized after i bought cards they were already you know it was like driving a car off the off the dealership lot after i bought a card you know the next week or two it was already on it was already you know the price it was the 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 current comp was under what i paid for it so i was you know i ended up losing money on it and some of them i you know i held on to it for a long time hoping to you know just break even on and a lot of them i've sold and just said I'm going to, you know, it's my lesson learned. Um, two, modern baseball uh, is underwhelming in popularity and price. Um, I know Mike Trout is probably the biggest card coming around. You know, when people have a card and people say, oh, are you buying? And they say they have baseball nine out of ten times at the Mike Trout or or, uh, or it's a Bobby Witt Jr. card. I've seen more of those two cards you know, from everybody's case. And, and to me, it's almost, it's almost as like it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and that's it. Nobody, nobody else, nobody else in football mattered. You know, that almost, that's kind of what that reminded me of. Um, and, and I talked about early on having a lot of 2020, uh, 2020 and 2021, uh, you know, Bowman Chrome and Topps Chrome. I have a ton of autographs and number refractor mojos, you know, that I broke out and, and I went through prices and I put them in my case and I sold a handful of them and that was it. I mean, I probably still have, have, you know, 30 or 40 of those cards and then I priced them down and then I priced them down again and I priced them down again and going into this, this weekend show that they were all ranging anywhere from say 10 to $40. I marked them all at $5. Like literally I just put a sticker over every single one, $5. I just wanted to get rid of them and I put them on a box on my table. I sold three. I probably still have 30 or 40 of them. And, and, it, and I've just thought to myself, wow, it, it is very underwhelming. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's the players and I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of the players, the, you know, that, that are cards that have their own, that have cards, like they, maybe they don't do anything or they end up in the minors or, or they never do anything. And I, and I understand that. I'm just, I just find baseball to be so, so underwhelming in popularity and price. Uh, three modern wrestling is really 
more popular, I'm not going to say only popular, but more popular around big events, WrestleMania, Slub, SummerSlam, et cetera, things like that. That That's when, when, when WrestleMania was coming, it was back in April. I mean, I was just selling a ton of wrestling cards. I'm like, wow, this, this is my lane. This, I, because nobody else had wrestling cards. I was the only one that had wrestling cards and I was, I was buying them and, you know, getting them at good prices and getting them in my case and just selling them as fast as I could put them in there. Uh, and then, you know, after WrestleMania, I like literally I have not sold a wrestling. A re now I say a wrestling card in a one touch, something that's in my case, which would run from fifty dollars to say one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and they were like uh, tops finest or things like that, autographed or numbered. And yeah, I haven't sold one. People come up, they like them, they look at them. I haven't, so I didn't sell one at Autograph Fest. I didn't sell one this weekend. So, so it's it's just interesting that um, it's it's almost to me. I feel that during uh, during the big wrestling events, that's when this stuff becomes popular and it kind of drops off. People are looking for other things. Uh, number four, basketball seems to hold the highest value per card. And it's always very abundant. You know, when you look at the top basketball player, you know, the LeBron James and and any of these, any of these RPAs of, of these new guys, you know, the Tatum, uh, LaMelo Ball, you know, any of these people. I mean, you look at these cars, these national treasure cars, the pricing is unbelievable. And when you put that towards, towards, uh, when you compare that to football cards, there's a, there's a lot more, it just appears to me. You know, again, to me, looking looking into this, it just looks like there's just a lot more value in the basketball cards that those RPAs and those cards, you know, the, the prices when they are going to auction and they're selling, you know, just for for unbelievable amounts of money. And, and now they have the logo man now. Right. That they're expecting that to sell for six million dollars. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable that the value uh, that's in the basketball cards compared to any of the other sports. Um, and, and I wish, I wish I, I, I wish I, I was, uh, I followed hockey my whole life and, and, and I could tell you anything about any player from the late sixties uh, all the way up till today, uh, which brings me to number five is hockey is a very, very, very slim market. Uh, and and to me that would have been a that would have been a lane I could have just jumped right into because I, I was so knowledgeable about hockey. Uh, I played hockey. I played hockey in college. I uh, I coached hockey. Uh, I just followed hockey my whole life and and just so much knowledge in hockey. But it, it's almost useless when it comes to to the hobby because there there's just it's a very slim market. Um, number six, soccer is up and coming. But I watched the prices drop very quickly uh, this year. Uh, and and when anyone asked about soccer, the next words out of their mouth after you mentioned is, come the fall, those prices will be up. So I, I hope so, because I've got a ton of soccer that I've picked up that, you know, I, I even had I, those cards that I that I pulled that I got. I say I pulled it. Yeah, I, I got from uh, uh, Panini out of the Mosaic box that we talked about. Um, Last week, I put those cards in my case and people came up and said, oh, yeah, nice cards. And they those cards were at or under comps. I mean, I, those cards owed me nothing. 
and and people like the cards, but and nobody made it. Nobody even made an offer on a card to say, "Oh, that's a nice card. Would you take this or that?" Nope. Nobody was interested in buying any soccer from me. Um, I, I think the soccer cards that moved around, and I know there were soccer cards moving. That they were, you know, just like like Mbappe, you know, rookies and things like that. Just just iconic soccer cards that the value is is pretty set in stone with those. Um, and maybe have come down a little bit why the higher end soccer cards are moving, but any of these cars that I picked up this year, and I want to say modern, but you know, some of them, they're not rookies. Right. But, um, so I hope, I hope come the fall, <laughs> I hope the, all the prices are up on soccer because I've got a bunch. I could do a, I could do a show, just a show with just soccer. That's how much soccer I picked up. And I didn't even know it. I mean, I start realizing, Oh my God, I have a ton of soccer. Um, that, that I could, I could certainly move, uh, number seven, nobody seems to be interested, interested in golf and tennis at any shows. Um, when I first started doing this, um, I felt, let me pick a lane that there aren't a lot of people in. So people will know to come see me if they wanted golf and tennis, right? So, uh, that's kind of what I did, but I've carried, in my case, golf and tennis, show after show after show, and nobody buys it. When I first started, when I first started out, and I first put the the tennis cards in there, uh, people would come around, and people bought a couple of the very, very low end Serena Williams, like PSA eight rookie stuff like that. Stuff that's maybe like thirty or forty dollars, but that was it. Um, and I stocked my case up with a lot of nice golf cards that, I mean, uh, tennis cards that that no one ever bought. Um, I purchased a lot of golf cards that I've never put out at shows. I've got four or five high end golf cards that I put out at shows that people liked, but no one's ever made offers on, uh, and really not sure, um, what the golf really, what I'm going to do with those cards right now. I don't know if I might just put them up, put them up on eBay or send them off to an auction like Probstein or something like that. Um, I'm really just trying to figure out what I'll do with that because it's just kind of they're not they're not cards that I keep in my case that say I love these cards, right? They're, that's not the card. They're cards that I purchased that I felt that um, that were going to hold more value uh, and, and either hold their value or be worth more. And I think they kind of held their value to somebody who would be interested because I look on eBay the comp. The prices are are good. I mean, I would certainly take what the comp prices are on, it and even go a little under. But nobody nobody really seems to be interested at any of these shows. Um, and from the shows I've been, I've talked to the dealers because when I started doing shows, I I went into you know uh, uh, my basement because my son, I bought him a bunch of Pokemon stuff back when Pokemon came out uh, in the late '90s, and you know. They play with it for however long they play with it, and then they just stop. Um, and when I talked about my collector mentality, uh, I took all those and I sleeved them and put them away. Uh, and then I broke them out, and you know, I started selling them at the shows, and they were pretty hot. I was pretty excited, and then it kind of just dropped off. And I'm sure it dropped off because of what people were looking for. But you know, talking to people about the vintage Pokemon. Um, 
I think the market's been flooded. And that's what they've been telling me that everybody did what I did. They went to their basement. They went to their closet, the kids closet, the kids that saved these things. And all of a sudden the market just got flooded because everybody thought, you know, uh, they knew to, 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 to hold on to these things. And now they broke them out and they've sold them all. And the market's been flooded and the values are pretty down and, and sales have been declining because now the people that are out there are only looking for certain cards, you know, the more rare cards. Now it's not, you know, if you, if you had 40 or 50 cards, you may not have one rare card in there. Um, so really they're just looking for, for, uh, you know, handpicked vintage rare cards in the Pokemon lane. Uh, and number nine, uh, and this was for the for the dealers, you know, for me, is keep your keep your case fresh. Uh, there's nothing worse when someone walks up to your table and looks in your case and says, "Oh, you were at blah blah show." You know, your case is stale when people can recognize you by the cards in your case, and that's not in a good way. Um, keep your case fresh, um, even if I've got cards that I know are, are noticeable cards. Uh, I may not even put them, I may bring them to the show and, and put them aside. Uh, because I, I just don't want people to, to see, Oh yeah, I remember this, you know, certain cards. Like I have a couple downtown cards. I have a Russell Wilson, uh, downtown. I have a couple of them that I know it, it was very funny. Somebody who showed up on a table this weekend, they said, Oh, did you sell that whatever card? And, and I was, I said, yes, but I, I never sold the car. I, I had, I had, and it wasn't, they were coming to buy it. It's because they saw the card in my case, you know, show after show after show. They're like, that's a nice card. I, I don't know why it doesn't sell. Right. And I don't know why it doesn't sell either. Um, but you know, there, there's just certain cards that as nice as they are, people just aren't interested in buying them and they don't even ask. They don't even say, Hey, you know, how much is this or how much is that? Or, you know, sometimes I would just, you know, I would, I would take an off certain cards. I would take an offer on, um, and, and I'll, and I'll talk to you about that later when we talk a little bit, my, uh, my, my stale inventory. So we get into the trade part where I, I said earlier, I executed the perfect trade and I think I did. And I think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to explain it and, uh, you, you can decide, um, but I had the, and we talked about, it, I had the uh, Mac Jones XRC uh, BGS nine. Uh, I purchased that card for $500 and I had it in my case. I have, actually have two of those. I have a PSA nine and a BGS nine. And I, uh, I bought them both for one for four, seven, four fifty, and one for 500. This one was the 500 and I had it in my case. I was selling it for a thousand dollars. So I had, uh, I made a deal with this card. So I traded, um, that card. I received the mosaic, uh, Trey Lance autograph, uh, rookie autographs, uh, a Don Russ bronze Trey Lance rookie autograph and a 2000 flare impact rookies, Tom Brady. And I could show you that card. If you're on, uh, this is the card right here. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. It's ungraded, uh, and it's just a flare. It's a Tom Brady rookie card. So the and 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 500 cash. So those three cards and 500 cash. So the 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 the, the mosaic, uh, the Trey Lance, 
Um, I ended up selling that card for three hundred and twenty-five dollars, uh, and I traded uh, the Don Russ bronze Trey Lance auto. Um, I traded that plus fifty dollars for this uh, Trevor Lawrence auto to twenty. So on this card, there are no comps, um, and that's also un- uh, uh, not graded. Uh, on the on the the Trevor Lawrence, there's no comps. There's one for sale right now on eBay for eight hundred dollars. So at the end, I ended up with seven hundred and seventy five dollars cash and the Trevor Lawrence rookie card auto to twenty. And the way this deal went down was this person came to my table. They looked at what they I had. They said, what's the best you can do on the XRC? And I said, that card is very hot now. That's right at comps. $1,000, the last one sold for, for I think it was $980 or $990. I said, that, that card is right at comps. It's well-priced. Um, and he said, okay. And he left. And he came back and said, okay, I have a deal for you. And he offered all of these except for the cash. He offered three fifty. And at the time, I said I could do the deal for five hundred cash. And he, he said I can't do it for five hundred. I could do it for four hundred, something like that. And I said no, it's five hundred. And he left. And he came back and said, okay, I have the cash. I have the cards. Let's get the deal done. So at that time, I said okay. And I looked through the the cards. Um, all the cards were in fantastic, fantastic shape. Uh, so I made the deal. So he came, he left, he came back, he left, and he came back a third time. Uh, and he was ecstatic. He was happy to have that. Mac. He said, I'm a Mac Jones collector. I really, my goal this weekend was to get an XRC card. And I was trying to sell these three cards to get that money to buy, but I had cash too. And, 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 you know, I certainly made out well on the deal, and I think he was happy about the deal um, that he got. And and I I mean, I felt it was a win win, right, for both. But I mean, I, I it depends on where you you know how how you acquire cards, you know how you're acquiring the cards. That it, that depends on if the deal was good for you or not, or if the deal was good for them for them or not. I mean, I don't know. He could have pulled those cards himself. He could have gotten those cards for, you know, much less. I don't know what he's got those cards for. He doesn't know what I, I got my card for. But at the end of it, we came to an agreement. I, I felt I got an excellent deal of it. Um, my goal, and we were talking about last week, is to, you know, I talked about Trevor Lawrence being a little sneaky. And now all of a sudden in a week, I mean, I know I didn't move the market, but I just noticed the prices since last week and this show at the Trevor Lawrence prices were, were just skyrocketing. So I was happy. I mean, I, my goal was walking around. I was trying to find a Trevor Lawrence auto and I couldn't even find one that was reasonably priced. And when this deal came to me, you know, someone said, Hey, I've got this, but you know, I really want to trade Lance. I said, Oh yeah, let's go. Let's, let's make the deal. Um, so I was happy to do it. Happy to do that. Um, so that to me was executing the perfect for me on my end. That was the perfect trade. Uh, and, and I felt it was. Um, and they came to me with the deal. So there was very little negotiation. They they came to me with an offer that I felt they knew they were offering me over price, but they really wanted this card, which just worked out for me. 
the second deal, I actually had two two decent deals this week. And the second deal, um, I traded a Joe Burrow uh, Panini Black Patch Auto to 99 that I purchased for 500 and was also selling for 800. But the comps on that card were about were about 800, 850. Um, I just put it up a little more because I just felt that when I was looking at other people's cards there, that they're, they were asking a little more on the boroughs. And I said, well, I will too, but I'm willing to come down a little. Um, so I had a guy that came around, uh, he looked at the card and he said, what do you think? You know, what do you think of this card? You know, that I was selling. And I said, I'm not sure what what you're asking me. I think it's a beautiful card. I think you should buy it. And he said, I just want the card for my PC and I'm not going to grade it. But if I wanted to grade it, is it gradable? And we took the card out and we talked and there was, there, there was some, it was a Panini black. So we know Panini black, there's like some white in the corners. Um, and I said, if I felt it would, could have come back at 10, I would have graded it but I knew it wasn't going to come back at 10. So I left it raw in the case. Um, and, and it's quite possible that before I got the card, it was graded and cracked. I mean, who knows? A lot of people don't, don't grade the Panini black just because they don't grade well at all anyways. Um, so we ended up making a deal, um, for the card. He gave me, he started, he wanted to give me, um, he had a Tom Brady, a 2012 Tom Brady rapper redemption. It's a hollow PSA nine. Uh, hold it up here for those of you on YouTube. It's a pop five and there's none higher on the card. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's an unbelievably great card. Uh, there's, there's no comps on it. There's one for sale right now, 450 uh, on eBay. So I would have to imagine the comps are maybe around 300 unless there are sales for 450. The comps are maybe around 300 on this card right now. Um, but he offered, he started with 500 cash in the card and we went back and forth. And finally we agreed on 700 cash in this card, uh, which I felt was me getting my exact asking price, even though the card was showing somebody selling it just because they're asking for 50 for, I mean, I could put that card up and ask $2,000 for it. doesn't, doesn't mean it's worth that. It's just what somebody's asking for it. So I, I mean, in my mind, I valued this card at about a $300 card. Um, so I got my full thousand dollars for, for the, uh, for the Joe Burrow Panini black card, which again, other people looked at it and pointed out right away. It's not gradable, which I knew. And I could tell people that, and people would have known, even though before, like just talking to you over the radio, if you're in the hobby and you know Panini Black, you're going to be like, yeah, that, that, those cards are very hard to grade. Um, just like the the uh, the Origins, the Panini Origins or, you know, some of these cards that are thick, you know, you've got eight eight corners on them, right? It's just, it's just very, very hard to get decent grades on those. Um. What I see after the show um, is people giving up, you know, more than they want. Uh, you know, when it gets to the end of the show, I said after the show, when it gets to the end of the show, um, it's it's almost on a Sunday, late on a Sunday. It's like people are starting to get a little desperate. Um, people, people are showing up 
you know, they've got cards and they're trying to get, and a lot of the kids too. I mean, the young kids come around and they're like, will you give me $10 for this card? Will you give me $5 for this card? Will you give me, I mean, it's coming to the end of the show and people know it's coming to an end and they just feel like they have to make a last minute deal. Um, and, and when it's, when it's coming to the trading part of it, um, I, I don't know. I want to say the dealer has the upper hand, but it's really hard to tell. Like I go to these shows, I could go to these shows and not sell anything. Like literally I could not sell anything and I could drive home and I'd be okay with that. I mean, I would say I totally did something wrong if I didn't sell anything, but I, I'm okay with not selling anything. I, I don't need to go there and sell things. This, this is not my livelihood. I don't do this. This is not my full-time job. Right. So, so I could go and if deals don't get done, they don't get done. Um, but usually when these deals are made, um, somebody's always getting the better end of the deal. I, you know, I hear people say, oh, the deal was as even as it could be. Well, nobody really knows because nobody knows what I, unless I honestly tell you what I paid for the card and you honestly tell me what you paid for your card. And then we, we, we figured it out on paper to make that. That's the only way that, that we know that that deal was as even as possible. Um, so if I'm a better negotiator, before I got to you, then maybe I can make a better deal. Or if I'm a better negotiator, I'm making a better deal with you to, to take this card and do it somewhere, you know, do something else with it. So I talk and I negotiate with a lot of people all day long at these shows. Uh, and I, I certainly, I, I'm not greedy, but I explain to people right away, if I'm going to buy this card and sell this card, I need to buy it under comps. I, I have to buy this card under comps. I cannot I cannot buy this car at comps and sell it over comps. It just, it, it, it can't happen. Um, and this brings me to today's teachable moment. Uh, and, and, you know, it happened this weekend. Uh, the easiest deals to make it a show are the ones where I buy the card under comps and sell it at or under comps. And everyone walks away happy. Like, like there's, there's no hard negotiation going on. Right. Uh, I'm buying a card. If I buy a card at, 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 at a $275 comp and I'm selling it at a $325, $325. If I have, if I have it at 350 and you tell me 325 and the comps are around 325 and I say, okay, I mean that that's the ease. Those are the easiest deals to make those. Are, and I, that's what I want to do more of. I want more easy deals, the, the hard deals, the, the try to convince somebody that, you know, they, they, they need to buy the card at comps or over comp those, you know, and we would all like to sell stuff for more than we got it for. But, uh, if we do our due diligence and, and we negotiate properly on one end, on the other end, it's going to be very easy to sell the card. And, and, and I'm, I'm really starting to, to figure out, um, these people in the hobby that do very well, uh, this is what they do. This is what they do the best is they're just constantly buying these cards under comps and they can turn around and move them at comps. I mean, those are the absolute easiest sales, easiest sale. If I can buy a card at comps and be happy and you can sell me a card at comps and be happy, then everybody's happy. And then we could say we, we, 
you know, you're benefit, you're benefiting from me being a good negotiator. So I'm able to buy this card under comps and sell it to you at comps. You benefited from me being a good negotiator. I don't need to be greedy and say, I'm charging you extra for that. No, I, because it's just such an easy sell. I could buy it here and sell it to you and, and, and collect the in-between. The last thing I'm going to talk about, uh, back in, I think it was November or December, um, I was at a show, UFC was hot, a lot of people were asking for older UFC, a lot of people asking for Amanda Nunes, and I ended up buying two Amanda Nunes cards, they were auto, on-card auto, they were from a set, I had four of 25 and five of 25, I bought both cards, I was into them for $425. And I'm like, this is going to be the easiest sale when I bought these cards and move these cards. Easy, easy. Um, I've had these cards sit in my case and I've carried them back and forth and back and forth to a show, from a show. Um, I've looked at them. I, I've done everything to try to sell them. I put them up on the UFC website, on Facebook, said, hey, just make me an offer. Like, this is one of those. You want to talk about stale cards? These were the most stale cards that I had. Uh, and this weekend I had a customer come back twice and look at the same cards. And I said, Oh, please just make an offer <laughs> just make an offer on these cards. Uh, I've had these cards in my case for seven months and no one showing any interest in them. And he came back the third time and he said, I'm going to make you an offer, but you're not going to like it. He said, uh, I'm going to offer you two seventy five. I, I literally, I wanted to scream at the top of my lungs. Yes, yes, please take it. Um, but I looked them dead in the eye and I said, I can do it for 300. I'm into them for over 400. And she will win the rematch because she lost back in, I think, January. And he looked at me. And if he said, I, I can only do 275, I'd have let him go for 275. And he said, 300 is fair. And he accepted it to me. Literally, I wanted to jump six feet off the ground. I mean, I, I was losing $150 on these cards and I was more excited than selling the, uh, the Joe Burrow and the, uh, uh, and the other card. I, it was just, it's just unbelievable that the XRC, I mean, I, that's how excited I was just to move these, the stale inventory. Um, it was like found money. And I talked about that before, you know, when you've been sitting on something for so long, uh, it just gives you money. I'm like, I get so excited because it's just money that I can just take now and invest much smarter, much smarter. You know, it's like buying a stock and it, and it goes way down and all of a sudden it jumps up for a day and you're still down on, but you just sell it because you're like, the stock's never going to go anywhere. I don't even know why it went up, but I'm just going to sell it because it's up. And, and I can just take the money and I can go invest it in something else that could make me money, right? I mean, this just found money. And I was so excited just to have this money to 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 go and invest in another card. You know, again, just preparing for national. Um, I have the Springfield Mass show coming up uh, June 26th. And again, well, you know, we'll, I'll be here a few times uh, before that one. Uh, but I feel uh, I'm going to hold steady on what I did with the football cards, the ones that uh, the ones that, you know, I I've purchased. I, you know, I purchased well, I purchased under comps. I'm going to move those at comps and the ones that, 
you know, uh, um, that I purchased at comps or, or maybe, you know, the price is off right now. I'm just going to hold, you know, it, there's always national. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I can move these cards. I think I can move these cards at national. Um, but, you know, I'd like to get the maximum value out of the card. Uh, there's nothing worse, you know, to me than a, like on a card, like, like a hot, you know, quarterback to, to just rent the card, to buy it at 300 and then sell it a few months later for 300. I mean, it, it's, that would, to me, that would just, just be a waste of time. Um, especially if it's, if it's somewhere, some, uh, somebody along the line that they're, you know, that value is going to go up on that. So again, we'll talk about that, you know, as we move closer, things may change again. I mean, just watching this economy, you know, watching these prices on eBay, watching these prices on Facebook, just seeing where things are going, what, what the values are. Cause you know what happens all of a sudden one or two people start selling some stuff way low. It, 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 you know, it, it could trigger a frenzy too, that people say are saying, well, these are the new comps on things. And, you know, they, these cards could just sit behind me in my case and not go anywhere because, you know, certain cards, I just love these cards and saying so people start asking me the price of the table and I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to say? I don't even know if I want to sell this card. Oh, and I have my little price list and my price list, you know, like a, you know, a nice Josh Allen, you know, rookie card, you know, PSA 10. And they're like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, uh, you know, I got on my list for 900. I'm like ah, 1200 because all of a sudden last minute, I'm like, do I really want to sell this card today? Do I want to sell it at that price? You know, so let's start the negotiating a little higher. So certain cards that I just know are cards and I know are the cards that are stopping people are making the people, you know, rubberneck and turn back and see, oh, hey, look at this card. You know, that's I don't want to sell that card too fast because or those cards, I should say, because I want people coming back and coming back. Um, that's the way I feel about them. So we're going to shut it down there. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you.